Here we are, finally, the long-awaited podcast, Aaron with Death Threat. What do you know? I never thought in a million years that this would happen. I'm very honored and humble and excited to finally have a conversation with him. Uh, Death Threat has been of my longtime favorite bands, and I think it is a band that has helped shape, shape the lives of some people, including me, myself. Just by the lyrics alone, if you can relate to those, which I believe almost anybody can in any sense. Um, a band like Death Red does something for people. That's why that's why they're so fucking big. Um, that's why they're so loved. The words can be uh, you know, passed on to people in a sense that either for good or you know, understanding friendship or just with how much you love hardcore. It is quite a, quite a treat to be able to talk to him. I consider Aaron now a friend of mine. He's been in the scene for a very long time. He's been doing this shit for so fucking long. Hailing from Connecticut, one of the greatest hardcore scenes on the entire planet. The Northeast, of course, one of the, the biggest regions for hardcore once again on the entire planet. And I'm going to be honest, I think we talked more about pizza and life than we did about hardcore and Cola's life, which I'm perfectly fine with that. And I hope you guys are too. Um, you can learn a lot from somebody like him. He has come a long way um, from uh, growing up in a strict religious uh, household. We didn't get much into that. If you want to hear more about that, listen to the Post-America podcast. But... And then finding hardcore and kind of escaping from the whole uh, religious ideals that were forced upon him as a child. But, you know, it's uh, he tells his own story. I'd suggest you listen to the Post-America podcast. Anyways, oh, shit, that's my dryer going off. Um, yeah, yeah, this is all in leading up to the Coldest Life reunion show that is happening October 7th at the Russell Industrial Center in Detroit, Michigan. A long-awaited return. Um, maybe some people never thought it would happen, but it is. It's fucking here. It's happening. Everybody's excited. There's so many good bands on the lineup. It is just an obnoxiously perfect lineup with bands including Terror, Madball, fucking Neverending Game, Mind Force. You know who's playing. MH Chaos, and three Detroit locals, Poison Tongues, Blue Collar Stompers, D-Block. But, I mean, then again, Cola's Life is the local of the night. Holy shit, dude. It's going to be crazy. I got some more treats in store for you guys. If you make it through this episode, um, I should have... I should, uh, I hope to hit you with two this week. I'll have one more out, hopefully by the end of the week. And then uh, maybe one or two next week the week of the show calling this little uh, series the road to cold is life and all i can tell you is it's with people that are playing on the show who you'll find out soon enough but um i'd suggest you stay tuned if you like these i appreciate you listening and this is all in support of our very good friends in cold is life and all the heavy hitter hardcore bands that are coming out of their way for a very special day, a very special evening for Detroit and hardcore in general. 
Nobody ever thought this would happen. I'm rambling. I don't have anything to say. Um, be on the lookout on social media for the next few days for some shit going down. Um, other than that, support your scene. Support these bands. Buy their merch when they come through. Uh, that's all I can say. I'll hit you guys back here really, really soon with some new shit, some more shit. You're going to be fucking blown away at the end of the week. Thank you. All right, let's roll with it. But, but the first thing I got to say is I got it right here. I got a little something got to say real fast. That's it. <laughs> I wanted to say that. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a proper intro for absolutely uh, for people like us, fucking idiots. Oh, that's great, man! I love it. <laughs> so, anyway, I finally, finally got this shit happening. Got the absolutely at the king of Connecticut hardcore, the pizza man of the Northeast. This motherfucker's been doing it for a long time. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's so much. I just want to ask you about like, how's your business going, man? Like, how's that whole yeah. thing? Yeah, we can start with that. I mean, that's that's pretty much been the last year besides doing a 25-year anniversary shows. That's really been, you know, the main highlight of my my uh, my life right now. <laughs> it's going good, man. We just hit our year mark a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, the business is doing great. We're getting tons of support from, uh, you know, from regulars, locals. Um, we get new people all the time. Um, friends travel. You know, they, they find a way to work it into their travels if they're going places. We're a little bit off the beaten path, but, like, we're between Poughkeepsie and Albany, right off the Taconic. So, you know, for people on that side uh, of New York and stuff, uh, we're pretty accessible. So, but yeah, it's going good, man. We're, we're, we're feeling good. It was a, it was a pretty crazy first year. Lots to relearn for me, you know, yeah. for me um, and my, my business partner and girlfriend, um, you know, took this on with me and uh, she was in the, uh, in the TV industry and fashion industry her whole life. So this was a big, a big jump for her. And, um, you know, we both kind of figured out a bunch of the stuff together, how to run the business. And yeah, so it's been a pretty, pretty wild ride. Good, man. I mean, I know you've been uh, kind of in the pizza business for a long time, and uh, I know you did some shit, some like startup company out in the, in California and stuff like that. But um, how did you know or when did you know if like, you wanted to open like your own like pizza shop? And did you uh, did you how did you work up the courage to actually go forth with it instead of, you know, with your you're standing there with your fucking hands there, not sure what to do, man? Like, how'd you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a big leap. Um you know, I, uh, I kind of swore off cooking about uh, four years ago. Um, and I had some health stuff like five years ago and, and I tried going back to pizza and I was just like, you know what, this, I'm just, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of, uh, feeding people and, you know, and, and working for other people, you know what I mean? Just like, it's just a lot of, it's just a big commitment. And, um, so I found, uh, I found another career for a little bit and, um, kind of veered away from food. And then during COVID I was making pizza at home and, uh, started, messing around with ideas of like doing like a, you know, whatever, like a YouTube channel or something. I'm making pizza. And uh, when I started dating my, uh, my girlfriend and business partner, Aaron, um, she was kind of always like, you know, we were making pizza and she was kind of nudging me like, Oh, you should, you should do something with it. You know, you should like, you know, instead of doing a YouTube channel, like do like a website where you do classes and stuff. So everything was kind of gearing towards me doing it. And I started making Detroit style and like Sicilian pizza at home. Um, I got some recipes, I ordered some pans and uh, I knew the basics of pizza and I knew the basics of dough and just started messing around with it at home in a home oven. Cause I said, you know, whatever I do, I won't be able to do it in a restaurant. I knew I didn't have the money to open a restaurant. So I said, if I'm going to do something, I'll, I'll do pop-ups, I'll figure out a way to do it. But even with a pop-up, you have to have a portable oven. So you're talking 10, 15, $20,000. So 
I was like, how can I do it using a regular oven, any, any, any house, any, any venue. So pan pizza was the way to go. And that's how I kind of started doing it. And so I took a business course. One thing led to another, took a business course. And after that, some, some things, some opportunities arose for a place to make pizza um, just as a pop-up on the regular. So I started doing that in a town, Philmont, a couple of towns over from where I live. And um, in that time, I kind of outgrew that space. And uh, there was a place right by my house. And uh, we were kind of like, oh, maybe we should just go in and see. Like, maybe we can rent the space for a day or two and, and do pizza in there and have a bigger production area. And come to find out, they wanted to get out of it. And uh, they wanted out from the business. And uh, they gave us an offer for something that we were able to figure out a way to get it. Um, and uh, And we just did it. And uh, it was scary as fuck, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. you know, so I, I kind of finally faced my fear. I knew I could do it, but part of me didn't want to, you know what I mean? Part of me was just like, oh, let me find something else. And, you know, maybe this isn't the way, but um, the more I did it, the more I realized like, ah, okay, I like this. You know what I mean? Like, I do like feeding people. I do like that, that aspect of it. I, and, you know, and, and, and I'm good enough at it. Let's give it a shot. So um so yeah it was just it was kind of a slow progression but one thing literally led to the next and uh and now here i am and and you know like i said we're a little over a year in and uh it's going great and you know it's cool we get to hang out every day and uh you know we run the shop together we have a few people to help and uh it's it's pretty it's pretty cool it's tiring but uh but it's definitely worth it yeah that's fucking cool man and it's uh, definitely something you have to have all passion for not just you know you like it. a money no. drive because you'd probably tire no, out real fucking quick yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know, it's a lot of work, and um, you really got to love it. And you know, it's cool. We're getting to know the people in our in our community and in our neighborhoods and our neighbors, and uh, you know, we meet new people all the time that are passing through, and and hardcore kids come through and support. They make you know, they make a make make it part of their path if they're going somewhere. Um, I'd say every couple of weeks, you know, a friend, you know, one of my friends from a band or a friend from the scene or an old friend shows up. So. Uh, whether unannounced or announced, but it's, it's always, it's always awesome. I see somebody coming around the corner. I'm like, Oh shit. You know, Donnie, yeah. Donnie from mind force stopped by last week. It was the first time up and he lives about an hour and a half away, but he came up and got pizza and I was at the front counter. I was like, Oh shit, Donnie's coming in, you know? So there's always a surprise and uh, it, it's cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Like, like you said, you're like right in the middle of, of uh, from major cities, people can pass through on the way wherever they're going, and uh, yeah, fuck it, dude, that's really cool. Yeah. Oh shit, man, I have so many pizza questions for you. Fuck hardcore. Yeah, let's talk pizza. We'll, pizza. We'll, talk, we'll do the second half. We'll be hardcore. We'll be yeah. talking about you know our Detroit and cold as life and the and how that all began with us and you know, um. So, but yeah, let's talk more pizza. Yeah. I definitely want to get some while I'm there. Um, I'm thinking of doing what is it? Buddy's Rendezvous is the original spot, or is it yeah. Gus's? Well, uh, well, a lot of people. Dude, for some reason, there's still like a debate on this shit. A lot of people say say buddies, um, but the original guy who created the uh, my buddies pizza, uh, he has his own spot. I can't think of his name right now for some reason. Yeah, I, I really can't. But he has a different spot. I think it's in like Ferndale or somewhere near Detroit. Uh, but so it's the original guy who created the recipe, but. He's at a different spot, but you know, okay. buddies still's got you know. Everyone comes for buddies. Buddies and, is like the space, like that's the space where they created it. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, supposedly. But uh, yeah. I mean, dude, like, there's so many, so many good spots these days. Like, uh, for some reason, you know, you know, a Detroit style has really taken off over the past, I don't know, however many years. But it seems like it's really yeah. been had a spotlight shined on it over the past maybe yeah. five years, in my opinion, which is which is great. Which you can. You know, compare it to fucking um, uh, Sicilian. That's all over the place. It's always been all over the place. Yeah. And they say because you put the sauce on top or whatnot, you know, the crispy mm -hmm. corners and yeah, 
you know, yeah, people, really- people come in the shop and they say, oh, you're, you're squared because we just call it a square because it's not quite a Sicilian. It's not quite a Detroit. It's like a little combo. Mm-hmm. But I never realized it. And a few people have been like, this is actually Detroit style. Like the cheese goes out to the edges. You put the dollops on top. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it's it's basically, you know, it's not exactly. It doesn't have the stripes, but it's 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 basically a mix of a Sicilian and a Detroit. I always say we make uh, your Sicilian grandmother from Detroit's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a mishmash, you know, of things. So, yeah. Um, Dude, that's all. Well, I mean, you can just say your Polish grandma. She fucking she found the recipe. There's more Polacks than uh, Italians out here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So she just fucked it up somewhere along the way. Exactly. Well, it's good. I like what they did. So I can't <laughs> wait to have the original. I've only had it once in Poughkeepsie. Uh, there's okay. a place, Hudson and Packard. Mm-hmm. And it's like Charlie Webb. He's from Michigan. He came out and he was a Culinary Institute graduate. And and he opened a, a real deal pizzeria doing Detroit style only. And it's, it's really good. It's, it's, it's great. I had that a few years ago, but I've never had it in the motor city. So I wasn't, yeah. wasn't savvy to it when I was younger and coming out there and playing shows, you know? So. Yeah. For coming out to the Mecca, supposedly. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, see, I'm the other way, man. I go to fucking new Haven, dude. Like that's where I, uh, you know, when I went to your uh, guys shows in March, man, I went mm-hmm. fucking crazy on pizza. And it was yeah, just, what did you do? You did Pepe's. Yep. And Sally's. And then I had um, another place. Uh, some spot on like a side street it was uh it was over by that place i think it's called a brick oven oh um somewhere right over so there might be was it bar pizza or modern uh no no it was a little further down the way down by uh fuck oh. i don't know it's like a hospital it was off like a main road man it was like in the hood though i was like there's a fucking like hood here like i didn't realize new haven was kind of fucked up oh yeah <laughs> no, it's, it's really fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, i got yeah, new haven's rough because I got an Airbnb, like, yeah, this is like the cheapest one. I'll just go here. I was like, what? <laughs> like, where the fuck am I right now? Yeah. But, you know, yeah, yeah. It's nothing you can't compare to shit around here. So it was just no, like, it's just, you just got to just mind your own business and do your own thing. And, and you know, it's... Yeah, be familiar. You know, don't fucking keep your head down and don't be stupid. Yeah. 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 Stay on your toes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any other places um, in Detroit that you were thinking about? I'm trying pizza wise. Well, I wasn't sure. You know, I it's strange. I have I have kind of a messed up diet. I actually can't eat a lot of pizza all the time. So I was thinking about just doing picking one spot where I could just go and just eat and just have some good, you know, original Detroit pizza this time. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't go too heavy on dairy or glutens or anything. I got I got stomach okay. issues. So. Yeah. Yeah, from not taking care of myself, being a knucklehead when I was younger. <laughs> it all caught up with my heart, my stomach, everything. But I can do it in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I at least go to, I, I'd like to go to, I think I'm going to go to Buddy's Rendezvous, see if I can get a few people, if you're around, you know. Yeah, I'll be around. Yeah, we'll um, make it happen. I know, I know you showed me a spot that was like New Haven style, super crispy, thin crust. Do you guys do like, do they do any other like bar pizza or tavern pies in Detroit, like a lot of the Midwest places do? Or is it just Detroit and just round? Yeah, no, there's not... Dude, see, like, I don't really go out to like cool places, so I don't know what's around these days. But I'm just, yeah. I'm just a totally guy. Cool. I'm either gonna do like, uh, you know, just like a regular, like a regular round. Doesn't have to be like thin mm-hmm. crust, as long as it's got a good crunch to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be crispy to me. If it if, if it flops over, like, you might as well fucking throw it away. You know, yeah, same like Detroit style. Like, I just gotta bite into it, get like the airy inside, but a nice mm-hmm. <laughs> crunch yeah. on the outside. Crunch, and, yep. 
you know, and uh, I'm easy to please, man. You know, I'm easy to please when it comes to pizza. You know, yeah. I'm not looking for fucking flavor profiles and shit like that. Well, I was curious about that one you said that puts the, was it like Cajun seasoning or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a deep dish place. It's actually my favorite, my all time go to um, uh, BC's yeah. Pizza. They do round and deep dish. And oh, I, always get, I always get the deep dish. Um, you know, it's fucking thick, probably inch, inch and a half thick, man. It's huge. But, um, um, wow. So you do, so you got to ask for it. Well done, because they'll fuck it up. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I do, I'm um, pepperoni, onion, jalapeno, and Cajun crust. Oh, and I get nice. it well done. Uh, maybe some uh, garlic butter on top, but for sure the Cajun, you got to have uh, that. We were just talking about doing garlic butter in some form. Like we do it for our garlic knots, but we're trying to figure out how to serve it as like a dipping sauce. Oh yeah. I had some the other day and and I made some and then I took I instead of having a whole piece of pizza, I just cut the crust off with like the last few bites of cheese and I was literally just sopping up. <laughs> I like, hope customers do this. I hope when they get knots in a slice or a pizza, I hope they like because we give them extra butter. We scrape it all out of the bowl in there and um to make sure that it's like and it's all sitting at the bottom. So I was like, I hope customers like are figuring out that you take that crust, you know, or the pizza itself and just sop it up because it's so good. But we want to try to try to figure out a way to do it without heating it up to order every time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is the trick. And, and you know, we're busy, but we're busy at times. So it's like try to figure out how to do the flow. But that's something we want to put on the menu is just like a garlic butter for dipping sauce. Dude, you can't go wrong. A lot of the places out here, it's like, yeah, you know, from garlic standard, butter. Right? Or, or the, also, a lot of people do fuck ranch. Do you guys fuck with ranch out that way or not? Yeah. Yeah, because people ask for it. So if if, if they want to if they want to do blue cheese ranch, whatever you know, we just sell little sides of it. No big deal. Sure. Um, I know a lot of places are like no ranch, and I'm like, ah, I'm good. If if customers want it, it's no big deal for me. You know what I mean? I do a chicken bacon ranch pizza, so I have it on hand, and I have blue cheese for my buff for my buffalo chicken pizza. So both the dressings are in house, and I don't make them in house. Eventually, I might. You know, Aaron and I always talk about doing um you know, a, a ranch dressing in house, but it's just a matter of taking the time. It's like, sure. We're constantly creating special pies and working on the menu and stuff. So it's hard, but uh, that's one of the things we want to do is, is, is make our own ranch. Hey, so, man, you got to, got to have a little watery. I like a watery ranch. Got to be a little runny. You yeah, know? Some like just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Let's, uh, let me ask you this. This is about, this is about cooking pizza. How yeah. you had mentioned uh, when you first started, uh, I'm trying to figure out your own recipe. You were just doing mm-hmm. out of out of houses using a, a conventional oven, but you're mm-hmm. doing it in the pan. What a what what's a good way to get a good you know a good crust on a pizza if you're doing it at home? Your oven so, doesn't go above a fucking 475. What are you gonna? That's it. So so the trick with this is, and I, I just read it in a book that was about home pizza and about making pizza at home and pan pizza is that you cook the dough twice. So you're basically, you're going to cook it, you know, you can look it up for any any recipe for a home pan pizza. You're going to cook cook your dough for a few minutes, set it, and then you put your, even for the Detroit recipes that I found online, you're like, you're like par-bake your dough, not just for, you know, like for whatever, four or five minutes, then add all your cheese, you know, and then if you're going to do your toppings, however you're going to layer it, do that and then sauce at the end, obviously. But they say to bake it part of the way, then top it, because it takes longer time to cook the dough than it does the toppings. So you put your toppings in halfway through and then you cook it for that second round. And that's how you get that kind of airy crisp flavor that a lot of places are doing. Now that's just for home in, in a restaurant. I can make a Detroit by just, you know, putting the, the oil in the pan, pressing out the dough. I let it rise for a while, do the same thing, cover it with the cheese and put it in. And I can just let it go for like eight or nine minutes by itself. And you don't, you can just let it go, you know, but at that lower temp, 
Um, you just have to do basically bake it twice. That's that's what all the home recipes will show you. But it works. It's fun. You know what I mean? You can make a cool cool pizza for you and your friends. It's definitely a good tip. I never even thought about actually looking up a recipe. I know I got a pizza stone I had bought, but I haven't even fucking used it. Like they want like this is like you got to preheat that first, then take it out, put the fucking uh yeah, put the dough into it. it. Which I never, I just never put the effort. I don't know why. Like I'll just go buy pizza, you know. But I'll, I'll send you some links on some stuff, man. Because all you got to do is get yourself a good like round or square pan, like a deep dish, like a Detroit pan, yeah, um, or any pan. I have old Pizza Hut pans that they left behind at the place I'm at. So we do a 14 inch pan pizza that's totally reminiscent of like when Pizza Hut was good when we were kids. It was actually like, you know, it was a little a little more, it was a little better back then. Um, <laughs> it was a lot better. It was better because we were kids. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but, uh, but we make that, man. And that's a real nostalgic thing. We do like a 70 Supreme pie with, uh, you know, the, like the kind of Pizza Hut toppings. And people are like, for the kids who didn't grow up like in New York or major cities where there was thin pizza, you basically had Pizza Hut, Domino's, things like that. There was some Italian pizzerias and stuff, but for a lot of people that come in our shop, they're like, oh, I grew up here or there. And we didn't have like New York pizza. We just had pizza. Hut. They're like, this is what I want to get. And they order it. But, uh, but yeah, man, I could, I'll send you some, I'll send you some tips and you can just go to your local, if you have a local pizzeria that you like and they like you like, Hey, can I buy a couple balls of dough? You just take one of their doughs and you just, you know, I'll, I can show you how to do it. And you can, you can make some, you can make some, uh, some Detroit pizza at home yourself, you know? Uh, dude, I'd love to. That'd be, yeah. be great. Yeah. And that's why I asked you about like your um, business adventure. Cause you know, you said like, you don't want to work for anybody, but that's a lot of work and, uh, and to do it on your own is what I'm saying. But, but I have ideas more. in my head that I spin like, what, like, you know, like cool future things to do. But see the thing that even like holds me back from even like thinking any further is, fucking failure you know because it's a lot oh, of that's a oh, lot of fucking me, uh that was the number one thing for me you know i had done stuff in the past that didn't work out i had done things in the past that didn't make money you know i'd done had these things and i was like i was like i don't know you know and i kind of like lost my stride a little bit but then it's kind of one of those things man if you put it out there you know put that good stuff out there it comes back around and you know we did a lot of attentions intentions around the business like literally writing down what we wanted to do and just putting it out in the universe and, and that shit actually works you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i would recommend that if there's stuff you want to do it sounds a little weird a little new age or whatever but it's a thing you know what i mean and, and and just writing something down it's worked for me there's things i wrote down 30 years ago that ended up being you know a song a lyric or whatever it was you know um it always it's it's always written down for something but uh they, those intentions are, are real and even the space that we got you know i put in an intention like you know i hope bacon's pizza is available like you know i want ba- <laughs> it was like i want bacon's pizza <laughs> and we got it <laughs> so oh, it was like funny. the perfect spot the perfect size it's like you know it's like a two-person show it's a little tiny place it's four minutes from where i live you know nice yeah so, man it all kind of yeah. all kind of aligned for, for you at the right time yeah man. But yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, it took me a while and I, I needed the right person to kind of push me and remind me that I could do this. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's because, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like I was like, well, well, what if, what if, what if the pizza isn't good? What if people don't buy? What if I don't make enough money? What if, what if, what if, but then, you know, next thing you know, it's, you know, you haven't done anything. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's worth it, you know, especially if you really believe in it. And um, I think the more that I started making it and uh, started doing little events and was getting a little feedback and being like, okay it started making me believe, all right, if I can do this here, I can do this with a little bullshit oven, you know, here or a little pop-up oven. Then once I get a pizza oven, this, this will be no problem. And, and I'll be back in the ring, you know? Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. Well, yeah. and congratulations on all that. dude. That's it takes like so much courage and like, you have to be determined like to fail. You have to like, like I may fail, you know, yeah, I may I mean? fail. Honestly, and that's we didn't so know crazy. the area. Like we don't live in the most 
active area. Look, we're, we're between towns and stuff and we team between places and the place needs food, but it's, you know, there's no guarantee that like we're going to stay afloat, but so far we have, we've done five days a week and we're, we're fixing to open up six after Detroit. Uh, we're going to shoot for that next Sunday, the Sunday after we open six for football. Um, and that'll make the difference. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and, and as corny as it sounds, we said, if they build, if you build it, they will come, but that shit's true too. You know what I mean? Like if you make it, people will get your people will support you. People will come the regulars support us and our friends support us. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's not any different than doing a scene, starting a podcast, starting a band, you know, dude, that's awesome. Um, I don't know, man, it's just, we can just talk about, uh, hardcore how about that <laughs> i can i can tell you a little of the background with me and cold his life and you know yeah. how our friendship began and stuff and how yeah, yeah definitely detroit and, De and death threat became friends you know um first time i think probably the first time we saw cold his life i uh, was in connecticut it was probably like 95 and they played at the sports palace in new britain and um we ended up meeting them um i forget i can't remember who the show was i think they played with maybe maybe push button warfare i forget uh, there's probably a flyer out there somewhere for it. But either way, we ended up, in, you know, meeting them, hanging out. I think I was smoking weed with, with Mike Gook and, and, you know, buddied up. And they needed a place to stay. I think they stayed with us that night. I think they had a show the next night in Albany, um, if memory serves. And I think they stayed with us. And I think we rolled. We all rolled up to Albany because we were, like, right between. It was, like, maybe an hour and a half from us in Connecticut. And, um, you know, started buddying up with them. And, of course, I mean, they're the fucking best. You know what I mean? Like, just the – us dudes like you know not very approachable but uh but you know at the show you know friends you know somebody knew somebody and we met them and they were like super cool and i don't mean that in a bad way approachable they're just fucking hard dudes <laughs> yeah 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 you see a group of guys standing there you know you're probably gonna think twice about saying hello <laughs> coldest life colder than you freddie Madball said it like just no there's nothing else you need to say they're the coldest you know what i mean but great dudes big hearts like love them. rest in peace johnny hey like you know we 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 hung with those dudes and then I'd say like a year later, I think, I don't even know if I had started the band. I might've, might've been doing death thread a little bit. I had it. There was another version of it before this one. Um, I might've been playing around with it, but I went on the road with all out war and one of the shows, I think this was in 96. And uh, one of the shows, it was during the summer was Roy Fest, which was a big thing in Detroit. I think that was it. Roy Fest, right? Roy Stock. Oh, Roy Stock. There you go. Roy Stock. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that was the next time I saw him was out there. And uh, and me and Mike Gook got high and he took me to his house and his mom made us food and we hung out. And I, I don't even know if he's still in Coldest Life, if he's, if he's doing this this lineup or not. But he was we were we were real close friends. I haven't seen him since he left New York. But uh, but yeah, so, you know, um, but yeah, he took me to his house. We hung out there and, um, you know, I was out with All Out War and I hung out with everybody, met Beast, um, met Dougie. Uh, you know, all the, all the, all the dudes. And it was, it was wild, man. It was out in a the field. There was tents set up. Uh, Blood for Blood was there. Uh, we were hanging with them. That was when I first met those guys. And uh, yeah, it was just a wild weekend. And yeah, we're just friends ever since. And I think, you know, by the time I started the band outside of New England and Northeast um, and the Northeast, Detroit was like one of the first places we went to, you know, it was probably like Buffalo and then maybe Detroit. Um, it was maybe like, maybe right before last days came out, it was quick. We got invited out there. It's just probably because we made the connection with people. Maybe I forget who got us the show, but, um, but they brought us out pretty, pretty soon thereafter. So it was one, of, it was an early spot for us within the first six to nine months, you know, I'd say of our existence as a band, we, we played Detroit, which was awesome. And they treated us great. And they took us to the old train station. We walked around 
snuck up some like stairwells up to the top, saw the view of the city, like brought beer up there, was smoking weed and yeah, it was a good <laughs> yeah. time. And we got some got Coney Island hot dogs, you know, like did all the did all the spots and you know. So yeah, that's, they, that's cool they always, Jeff, Jeff always treated us like family, Roy, all these guys, you know. Um it's you know they'd stay with us when we came there we'd stay with them when we went there and uh got to play with them a bunch so this is a huge huge honor to to, to be a part of it and you know I'm, i've been so busy i wasn't online a lot so i kept I, I was missing jeff and then we finally linked up and he was like we want to get you guys on this and uh we had i had room to do one more show this year i had i kind of like overbooked myself already but i said we have to we have to do this we have to do it with the og lineup it's like one of the first places we played out of the northeast and uh it's like family and, and now that i see the lineup it's nuts like everybody's playing it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show and it's been years since we played detroit i mean i don't even i don't even know i can't even tell you how long it's been we played <laughs> in the early 2000s with af and madball we came through and murphy's law it was a big big package and we just did like a weekend with them and that was detroit that was like maybe 2003 or four yeah and um so it's been years. There's a show I didn't go to. It was like one of the only times I've ever seen you guys on a flyer. Was it? It was like 2010 with uh, the Mongoloids and the de- Death Before Dishonor at uh at Mugs. No, oh, Static oh. Age, Static Age. Static Age. <laughs> it's a coffee shop, but mm-hmm. yeah, just different location. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think of Mugs though? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was it. That was that was the last time. It was with the Mongoloids, Death Before Dishonor. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. go. To- I was so fucking pissed because I was like, what the fuck? When am I going to ever see Death Threat? You know, it was like seven, eight years I've been listening to you guys. And and for some stupid fucking reason, I had to miss it. And I was just, you know, furious. Yeah. And then well, I'm glad, glad you made it to Connecticut. Yeah. It, yeah, dude. Well, I see you guys at the Holiday Jam a couple of years ago in Reading. And yep. then uh, dude, I had the worst headache in my life that day for some reason. I was so fucking mad. Like, I, I had... I had like a migraine from hell and I was standing up front for you guys. Just like after every song, my head was like ringing. I wanted to pass out. Oh, I, was like, man. I was like, of course, the only time I come to see fucking death threat, you know, I can barely see straight. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I definitely made it up for that. Yeah, of course, dude. Like, um, you know, you guys were like, uh, like a white whale at a certain point until I was able to, you know, I had everything going to where I can actually go somewhere. Cause you guys were yeah. coming here. I was like, I got to go fucking see these guys. I know. <laughs> you know how it is. Well, I know it's tough. Cause we'd come close. We'd hit Chicago. We'd be here, there, you know, and then we weren't playing for a little bit. It's been, a, you know, it's been a, a lot of up and down and back and forth, but yeah, Detroit got missed for many years. So I'm glad I'm glad we're making it back. And, um, you know, I think, there was there was a fest they were doing a few years ago that they were trying to get out get us out for and and even that was like it was just the timing it might have been right before was it right before COVID or maybe during COVID I forget um, but we weren't able to do it we weren't like super active at the time so I'm glad this one worked out I was psyched of all of all shows this is it's really important to us that we uh, that we're doing it yeah yeah man there's yeah. so many bands is there any bands on there that um you haven't seen. Yeah, man, I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen never, never ending game, man, and they're one of my faves. So I can't wait. That's yeah. how I'm like, oh, I'm like, mo- I'm most psyched about Neg. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they're so fucking good. And I can't wait got... to see Madball and Cold as Life and Mind Force. There's tons of bands I want to see. I've never seen uh, Never Ending Game, and uh, yeah, they're, they're one of my favorites. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing them, and I can't wait to see the return of Coldest Life. And is it is it the lineup from Born to Land Hard? Is that what the deal is? Or no, look, I'm a Johnny or. So like, Jeff tried getting it like as OG as possible, but um, for whatever reasons, just the things, 
some people couldn't play or yeah. that didn't want to, you know what it's not my business to say but oh, no yeah no that's fine yeah, you know it's a hand picked lineup by Jeff it's all it's all that's really all talented uh Detroit musicians and Great. let's be real everyone f- wants fucking Jeff you know no oh, that's <laughs> you know everyone's yeah, waiting for it you know <laughs> and there's been other versions over the years which uh, people were excited to see the songs live and shit yeah. but when you think of Cold as Life you think of Jeff Gunnels and yeah you know, so everyone, dude, this thing's fucking huge, dude. It's, I mean, uh, <laughs> you, can't replace, you can't replace him as a front man. It's like, it's, no. it's, you know, it's, it's like the devil on the mic. <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but the place, I don't know if you've looked into the venue very much of where you guys are playing, but. Uh, I checked it out because that's what they do. Is it tied down fast? Yep, yep. Tied down. Looks, looks like a really cool spot. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a place for decades there's like a factory and shit but then they mm-hmm. uh they converted it into a venue it's still fucking it's still burnt out and fucked up they fixed like one building in the whole complex and that's where oh, yeah. that's where the shows go down and uh i think it holds like 2500 but they sell i think uh, they sell out at like 2000 tickets oh wow and so tied down sold out and that place was fucking packed dude it was like oh. It was unbelievable. That was in June, like early June. It was fucking 98 degrees in there. It was fucked up. But with it being October, it's going to be uh, – Oh, yeah. It could be hit and miss, but it'll be all right, I think. You know, be a little cooler. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I know they're, they're I'm, uh, pretty close to uh, selling out. I know a couple weeks ago they were at like 75%. So that only oh, – wow. You know, so just a few hundred more have that shit That's sold great. out. Yeah, Dude, it's awesome, man. It's yeah. going to be a ripper. Yeah. It, it, it's exciting to see um, – Detroit thrived the way it has since, like, after the pandemic. You know, hardcore scenes have its highs and lows and shit, but it's, uh, I don't know, something f- fucking ignited everybody here to. It's great, man. I love to see it. It's it's really amazing. You know what I mean? You see you see different scenes go through. You know, the ebb and flow and stuff, and some boom, and some are smaller, and all this stuff. And you know, Detroit used to have the you know the Roy stock. It was huge. You know what I mean? And it, it's great to see the scene booming again. It's it's much deserved there. It is. Um... Dude, Mecca for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you think of, you know, it's really crazy. You know, John Brandon from Negative Approach said himself, like he he never thought he was be, he'd be playing a fest that was named after one of his songs. You know, fucking Negative oh. Approach. Yeah. yeah, and it was just it was just like ironic to see like to be there and like he's been doing it for forty years, dude. Crazy, you know, yeah. hardcore for forty years. Like before, you know, a lot of fucking people, almost everybody, you know. So almost everyone, exactly. <laughs> and everybody just sort of kind of just kind of followed along and fucking evolved and changed, and it's still yeah. a thing, man. That's yeah. and it, and it's so young too compared to you know, like music in general. Like hardcore is so young, dude. Like yeah. And you've been around. When did you start going to shows? What year? So I started going to shows the summer '89. Um, it was on my. It was actually on my 18th birthday. I was. I was two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I went to my first show. I was in Connecticut at the Populous Pudding. Um, let's see. This band, Force Reality, who's Pete Morrissey from Hundred Demons. That's his old band. They played Big Mistake, Big Gulp, Anal Fist, a bunch of like punk bands and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was my first band, first show, 18th birthday, and, and I never looked back. I was uh, I was raised as Jehovah's Witness, so. I got into punk and stuff. I liked anything that was edgy and angsty and different and pissed off and whatever. Cause I was being pushed down this like religious route that I wasn't into at a young age. And um, so 
I knew when I was, once I was 18, I didn't have to go to meetings anymore. And I knew that that religion wasn't for me. You know what I mean? I could feel it already. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, one of my friends from church who was also rebelling at that point was like, Hey, let's go to a show. And he, we had been listening to hardcore for a couple of years and I'd never been. And I was it. I went to that. And then my next show was another kind of smaller show. It was, uh, this band bloodbath who was a uh, Bruce, uh, from 100 Demons, the original singer for 100 Demons. That's his old band. And my my drummer, Jamie Pushbun, that's his first band, Bloodbath. So I saw them. And then after that, it was the Anthrax. And uh, at the Anthrax, I saw like Turning Point. Um, I saw Chain of Strength, Gorilla Biscuits, uh, Vision, uh, Shit, Killing Time, Maximum Penalty, all sorts of great bands, you know. Um, so I kind of hit it in the peak, uh, summer 89 uh, into 90, 91. I saw a lot of different, you know, I caught all the the whole era of Burn and Super Touch, which I loved all that stuff, you know, some of the, the post-hardcore and like groovy hardcore shit. Um, and of course, saw the rise of Madball and everything as a kid, all their early shows, all that stuff. So right place at the right time. Definitely like, you know, I didn't go to I didn't go to New York right away because there was so much going on in Connecticut. And we went to Boston and Rhode Island, which were like kind of close for us and like kind of like more approachable. Like, oh, it's like an hour and a half and it's in New England. It's not like going in the city and tunnels and bridges and all this fucking crazy shit, which we did later. By 95, I'd say we were going to shows at CB's Wetlands, uh, going to see Crown of Thorns, 25 to Life, Bulldoze, every every band, everybody, Fahrenheit, 451, all the, you know, H2O when they first started playing. It was great, man. Yeah. That was before I was even doing the band or anything. I was very, very active from like 89 to 97. I was just a hardcore kid going to shows. And then um, in 97 is when I really started Death Threat. And, you know, it was the end of 97 that we started writing the demo and we recorded it. We call it the 98 demo because we recorded it in, in January uh, 1998. But, you know, we started it a few months before. Um, so right on the cusp of 98 there. Um, so, yeah, so 89. So I guess it's been... Uh, Shit, 34 years. All right. Fuck. <laughs> Been 25, yeah, 25 years doing the band. So, yeah. Yeah, 34 years being a hardcore attendee. That's it. Damn. I wish I could go to shows now. It's, but, you know, I go to, I go to, you know, obviously my shows. And before I had the shop, you know, I went to see Mind Force played in Poughkeepsie. I went down and I'd go to shows here and there, you know, um, when I could. So, Ooh, I always love the core as much as I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it goes like hand in hand. Like you can, yeah. you can do both at the same time every time, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, How yeah. about you? What, what got you into hardcore? When did you start? Dude, I started like, so when I first started getting like underground music, I was more into like um, street punk, like uh, the, say uh, the Dropkick Murphys and uh, the Casualties. And I had heard of Blood for Blood, like through the Ducky Boys, you know, oh, ironic yeah, enough, sure. you know? So, uh, so I kind of knew about that shit, like Boston hardcore and punk for the most part. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just start going to shows and it really was a Dropkick Murphy show is like what like, got me into it. Like, oh, okay. uh, I, awesome. You know, yeah. And they were already big. This was like, like 2003. They had just did, um, uh, what's that? Um, Blackout. I think they had just dropped that album and, mm -hmm. you know, went there and, and as anybody else, you see other t-shirts and other kids there who, oh, man, yeah, they start figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. You just figure it out from there. Then I don't know what the switch was. I started working with this guy when I was listening to like punk and shit. Um, mm -hmm. he, he started showing me music. Um, he showed me Agnostic Front because he was wearing an AF jacket. And I don't know who they were. I was like, I really like that sound. And then, you know, he had a whole CD case full of shit. And, I mean, believe it or not, man, there was fucking Forgotten Government in there. Oh, and, nice. uh, there yeah. And the first song I ever heard was um, uh, Broken Bummed Out. And <laughs> Amazing. 
and and from then it was just like dude like for some reason i was able to fucking relate to that song so much and from then on yeah. out you know just sort of discovering everything else you guys have done at the time and oh that's cool man yes yeah, so this is oh three oh three or maybe oh four when i heard about you guys yeah yeah, so so that, yeah god in government here won't been out for like a year or two so it's still you know still mm -hmm. fairly new that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. it was just, you know, the whole snowball effect, just yeah. downhill from there, and you read the thanks, and you see uh, for fans of this, and, uh -huh. and you go to see one band, there's three other bands you didn't know about, but now you do, mm -hmm. and it's like... Yeah, it's we just, do the same thing, see what hard, see what t-shirt they were wearing, the dude's on stage, and then be like, who's that? And look at the thanks list, it's all the same, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> it really... It's like, yeah, the, the fucking scene, you know, it's, yeah. you know, and, and it's cool because it's like still there. A lot of people can like fall, fall in and out of hobbies and shit. But it's like if you're really invested in hardcore, if it really hits you like it does, yeah. you know, like you're fucking, <laughs> you cannot go to show for five, seven years and show up and give 20 people a fucking high five and a hug. Oh, like, yeah. oh my God, I haven't seen you, but it seems like yesterday, yeah. but it's been 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's just so cool, man. You of all people know, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel blessed, you know. High fives and stage yeah, good life. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, man. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, just after, like, finding hardcore and going to shows and starting this podcast, there's, like, a few people who, like, who like, you really look up to in the hardcore scene. Yeah. And, dude, like, you, Madball, cold as life, dude. You know, it's just, like, holy shit. And now I'm just, like. Yeah, we're just hanging. Yeah, just hanging, dude. <laughs> like you're really like, yeah, this fucking. That's what it is. Right you know what I mean, that's all it is. You just like-minded people, and you know, to you, you know, to a dude like Jeff, it's like you're a dude who's keeping Detroit going. You know, who's repping the scene, who's going out there, you're traveling, you're doing a podcast, you and your friends are hanging out. Like it's cool, man. That's like that means the world to us, dudes. Who are, you know, I don't know how old Jeff is. He's probably my age, um, but I'm I'm 52. So for a dude in my 50s, I'm like, that's what's up, man. This young blood is is keeping it going. And he tracked all the way to Connecticut to come see us. You know what I mean? And like, it's, you know, yeah, it's amazing. That's, yeah, that's man. It going. You know, and I know a lot of people went to that show too, but I was like, I cannot miss this, you know, especially in New Haven, a little small ass venue. And it was great, man. Those shows were like, that was like really like, a that was, that was a real, real, real death threat Connecticut moments there, man. Those two nights was like, felt like it could have been 98, could have been 2004, 2011. Like that was just Connecticut through and through. So you caught a real, <laughs> Real magical weekend, man. Seriously, dude, it was it's everything I expected and hoped for when I came. Yeah. I was like, it's in like a 300 cap venue, got this mm -hmm. delicious pizza, fucking surrounded everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, it is <laughs> like, it seriously can't get better. <laughs> I don't know if you went downstairs in the band rooms, but there was just piles of Pepe's, Sally's, modern. Oh like, I was like, this is fucking amazing. I couldn't eat much, but I had a each night I had a slice. And then for the next night, I told him, I was like, yo, get me one with no cheese, just get me a tomato pie with sausage. And they hit it for me, and I smashed it <laughs> after we got done playing because I can't. <laughs> do a lot of cheese so and i'll eat a red pie all day and i love peppy sausage so i was just like i had that at the bottom of the deck i took it out <laughs> put it in a special order damn man if you had yeah, to go to I one or the other great weekend man a lot of a lot of people you know where it came together for that and uh, bands came together for it it was it was it was fucking awesome yeah if you had to pick one or the other um sally's or peppy's which one are you going for end of the day for me is is peppy's and that, that's just i went there more growing up and um it's just what it is. And, and Sally's is great. I've had Sally's. I do Sally's. I haven't been in years, actually. Um, usually if I'm close to anywhere by New Haven or Pepe's, I just get Pepe's because it's my favorite. And there's enough locations around Connecticut. If I'm driving through Waterbury, coming back from practice, I'll be like, uh, 
small tomato pie with sausage. <laughs> I'll call it in on my ride home. Um, so they're everywhere. So for the end of the day, Pepe's is my favorite. That's the one I grew up going as a kid and waiting in line at. So yes. Salas is great, man. There's not a not a huge. It's more of a visual difference. There's little differences. There's nuances, but the end of the day, man, they're, they're brothers. They make great pizza or they made great pizza and their families have carried the torch and, you know, they're, they're both good, but Pepe, sure. how about, how about you? Any, did you see any big difference? Um, Enough to okay. this is my difference. This is the weird difference. Yeah. So I like Pepe's hot and fresh better mm -hmm. when I brought home a little of both. Oh, you know, so cold. I like a cold. You got to try. I love a cold slice, yeah. man. All so, day. But Sally's I liked better cold. Oh, okay. All so, right. you know, Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the difference, I wonder what the difference was with it. You know, I, I, I love, I love that was Pepe's cold is like, you know, so I'm sure Sally's is, is just as good cold. That's crazy though. She liked that one better. Yeah. So it must be something about the sauce or the cheese or something. Yeah, I don't know what, honestly, I think it was more in the crust. I think like Pepe stayed a little more tough and Sally's was easier to bite through cold. Wow. You know? Okay. So fresh out of the refrigerator, sometimes you gotta, you know. Mm -hmm. you know, shake you know, like a dog, you know. Peppy's is kind of like a little chewy the next day. Yeah, yeah, yep. but I was into it. I liked it better. Oh my god, uh, I think it was I think a sausage and pepper pizza. That's what I got, and a oh, pepperoni nice. too. Yeah, and I just wanted mm -hmm. to. And the only thing that I thought was a little like annoying about Sally's is I wanted just some sauce on the side, but they won't give it to you. Oh, you know, I never, I never asked for it there, but yeah, some places are they're weird. Some places are weird like that. That's strange though that they wouldn't give you a little side of sauce. Yeah, yeah I just want to dip my crust, get a. Full sauce flavor, yeah, yeah. but I don't think they want some people back engineer that shit and you know take I mean, it for themselves. It is a thing. It is a thing when oh, people sure. come in and want to buy dough balls. And I'm always like, yesterday somebody came in and my girlfriend in business part was like, why, why do they want why do they want a pizza? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think they were with kids. I think they're okay. They're just taking it home. But you never know. People will reverse engineer your shit. <laughs> for uh, sure. That's fucked people up. I mean, that makes sense. Bad. Anybody would want to bring a. Sally's to the West Coast or something, you know. So yeah, yep. it might be. But I just wanted to just a fucking some uh, tomato sauce just to try it, you know, yeah. all by itself. Because you know, you get everything when you try it. You know, stand oh, yeah, alone. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I was, that's fucked up. I was offended. <laughs> I want to try. Yeah, it. no, that sucks, man. That's a bum out because it's not a big deal. They should be able to put a little thing on the side. But yeah, some places are weird. Oh, well. Traditional, too traditional. I'm not a traditionalist. I'm yeah. Not a yeah, and, and I mean, I understood the weight and everything too, because we got the both of them like, uh, like right when they opened. I wasn't gonna fuck yeah. around, wait till three thirty, four o'clock to go there when the lines around the block. Oh and, uh, yeah, no, there's no, it's it's good, but there's no need to wait two hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can you can go on another time. <laughs> well, actually, you were just there for the weekend, though. Too, it's different. It's that you know, we we live here, so we can like pick when we go more. Right? Yeah, you go after the rush. But yeah, there's so much good pizza everywhere now. It's crazy. And Connecticut has a whole other world of pizza, kind of the style of pizza that I make, which is, you know, we consider like a New York thin, is really popular in Connecticut, like in Hartford and in central Connecticut. And uh, then there's bar pies. There's this place, Colony Grill, that does the thin, you know, little bar pizzas, no crust. The cheese goes all the way out. They do a hot oil on it um, that are really good. So there's a bunch of different styles here. We have Greek pizza too. And Greek's also like a pan pizza. It has like kind of like a buttery crust. Um, almost savory like a Chicago, but not not thick like a Chicago. It just has that kind of buttery pastry almost taste to the crust, like real heavy duty. Um, but yeah, I can nerd out about pizza all the time. <laughs> no, no, me too. We make as many different styles. We do tavern, we do Detroit, we do grandma, we do Sicilian, we do New York thin. Um, we're trying to just do you know every style. If you can put it in a pan, we're gonna try it. You know, so 
Yeah. Yeah. No, sometimes you even do like, uh, you do like bread, you make like a sandwich and shit like that. Like, do you make your own bread when you do that? Like a focaccia? I, do. I, just, and shit like I that? just learned, yeah, we, we make focaccia and we use that for sandwiches. And I just found a way to take old dough and uh, roll it out and proof it and then put, you know, sesame seeds on it and do like real like subs, heroes, grinders, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to start doing like sandwiches like that soon, just making our own bread, just using old dough. Um, I got a little trick from one of my cheese reps came in and he was showing me pictures like, Oh, my buddy makes this. And I was like, I was like, he makes those. I was like, I've been thinking about changing my recipe or doing a different recipe. He goes, no, he goes, he just uses his, uh, his old dough. I was like, Oh, and it's a thing. I looked online. I was like, Oh shit. People are just rolling up their old dough and then it proofs. It gets, it gets a little fluffier and doughier, you know, cause the dough is got is grown. So you can do more like a soft, like Italian bread. So yeah, we're starting to make everything. We started making chocolate chip cookies, cannolis. Like we're just, it's going all in, but all that stuff, people just grab it. You know, they come in, they're hungry. So they're like, Oh, I'll take slices. Let me get a soda. And like, Oh, let me get one of those cookies. Oh, I'll grab some garlic knots, you know? So that's so all the side stuff is really adding up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Man. That's fucking once again, uh, that's awesome. You got the whole business thing going on. It's going really yeah. well for you. But yeah. uh, fucking back to hardcore. Let's go back to hardcore. I can talk to yeah. people all day, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get but, what they want. Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. But, yeah. um, so it's still 25 years of last days in this present year. Um, is that um, is that the band you're gonna have that? Because you know, I know different members. You know, depending on what set you're going off of. I know. Yeah. That. So for these next two shows, we're doing Detroit, and then we're going over and doing um a festival in Eindhoven uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, for those two shows, I'm doing it with the old the OG lineup with uh, Jamie Pushbaugh and Larry and CJ. Um, and then you know like. This is hardcore. I did it with the current lineup. Connecticut, you saw one of the nights we did it with the current lineup. So just for this year, we did it. We did a couple more shows with the OG lineup. I think we're going to have to take a little break, probably just like for a year or so, um, just so I can really concentrate on the business and um, and just hold off on shows for like a year. And I'll figure some stuff out for 2025 because literally like by that time, we'll be getting ready for our 30 year. We'll start looking two years ahead and be like, all right, where are we playing for our 30 year? Lord willing, um, you know, where's it going to be? So um so I think we'll probably take a year. I really need to like, it was great doing these shows this, this year, but it definitely, um, you know, didn't take a toll on a business, but it definitely was like a little tough for me. It's, it's a lot of work, uh, you know, getting down to practice. I practice two hours away. Everything's like, everything for me is a little bit of a drive. And because I have health issues, like on my days off, I'm doing doctor's appointments. So it's like a little hard to manage everything, but super thankful and blessed that I got to do these shows this year and play some really special spots. You know, we did Brockton, which is one of our first spots, Detroit we're doing, we did Philly, we hit Connecticut, you know? So um, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really good. So, but going forward, we'll take a little, take a little breather and then um, we'll pick back up with the current lineup. We'll do some shows in the next year or two. So. Cool. Um, any, yeah. uh, anything you plan on doing in, in Detroit, when you get here, besides eat eat pizza, like, like do you have anything that you're looking forward to coming and seeing, or are you just f- rolling in and rolling out, get some pizza? No, you know, so I'm, I'm coming in. I have an early flight on Saturday. I, I don't, I can't check in till the afternoon, so I'm probably gonna figure out somewhere to go and walk around. And I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Um, so I got all day Saturday. I'm there. I'm, I got an early flight on Monday, so Sunday I'm gonna kick it in town and uh, see who's who's staying after the show, who's gonna be around, and I definitely want to do pizza. If you got any recommendations of places I should see, it's been a long time since I've been to the D. So um, it would be cool to cool to see it. I heard, you know, I, I think a lot of things have changed and stuff, um, but uh, it'd be cool to see it. Yeah. If you got any suggestions, let me know. I don't, I don't really know the city. Oh, too yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to go out for tomorrow or the next day. So a lot of people will fucking, 
either hit you up or hit me up. I'll fucking send them your way, and we can yeah eat up, fucking you know, do whatever. And well, yeah. What's up with the, the the weed shops? You guys got dispensaries there now? Oh yeah, dude. They're yeah. everywhere. They're fucking cheap, oh, fucking abundant, man. It's all. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Like so, I mean. It's unbelievable to be honest. Like, you sure you spent time in Cali and shit like that, but it's all the same weed everywhere these days. Yeah. Except, so, so have you ever heard of? Um, it's a pre-rolled infused joint we got. It's only in three states. It's called um uh um a Jeter J E E T E R. It's like oh, a two gram joint. It's a pre-rolled joint. Is it all infused with oils and stuff? Yeah, oil and f- terpenes. It's f- rolled in hash. comes with a glass filter, dude. I know the ones you're talking about. We used to get them in. I think there were tarantulas in California years ago. Yeah, similar and, yeah, similar thing. Yeah. Cavi, cavi cups, caviar cups, where there's another one that we used to get, or cavi cones. Oh, yeah. They were also laced like that with oils and hash, and then the outside there would be keef and oil and, like, mm-hmm. They're all hairy looking and crazy. <laughs> yeah. You guys got those rocking in Michigan. I don't know if oh, I should yeah. smoke one of those. <laughs> oh, dude. Cool. Yeah. Maybe after. It's like a weekly treat. You know, I got to go, uh, you know, I go to the dispenser. I don't buy weed at the dispenser. I get weed from oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. my friends, you know, who's, yeah, you who supply the dispensary because you better price, obviously. Yeah, but, um, it, it's like, so I go there, get a couple of those, those big ass fucking G's, like two gram spliffs, you know, just smoke out, enjoy it, get some pizza. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I plan on weed, friendship, and pizza will be the, the main events. Um, yeah. I'm psyched Mind Force is playing. Me and Jay, you know, he's like one of my best friends. So we don't get to, even though we live 40 minutes apart, we're both super busy. We don't get to hang that often. So maybe I'll get one of those uh, Jeters and we'll smoke that after our set. Hell get yeah. Um, yeah, I just plan on hanging, hanging with friends. Can't wait to see all the bands, man. There's going to be tons of good bands. Um, any, uh, we mentioned Jay from Mind Force. Uh, you guys still... I'm still hanging on to POI or is that on the back burner right now? It's, I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I'm super busy with pizza and death threat this year and they, they're crazy busy, which is right. awesome. I, I love to see what's happened for them the last few years. Like they're just fucking on top. It's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it's so good. So I think, uh, you know, we all want to, um, we have like one song that we've been working on and like, we have beats for it and we have a theme for it that we started like maybe like two years ago. It's a commemoration sp- song for a friend we lost. And, uh, so we have some words for it. We have some beats for it of him actually talking. We have his voice of him talking at a show, which is really amazing. Um, but who knows when it'll happen, but with POI, it's always, it's a timing thing. Even when it first happened, it was just all about me and Jay like having less to do and like time to sit around and smoke weed. And, <laughs> and it just all happened, you know, it was pretty, pretty fucking magical, man. So we both want to do it and we get hit up, you know, people offer us stuff every now and then, but it's really tough for them and really tough for me. But, um, you know, I'm going to tell them this weekend, like, Hey, I'm taking the next year off, you know, from DT to, you know, just concentrate on the business, but I could definitely do a POI show. If they, if they have a month where they're free, I think, I think we could do it. You know, I think we could book our own.